what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. This is The Writer's Voice, a podcast collaboration between TheMesh.tv and Lenorine University, a spotlight on writing talent in Western North Carolina. Hello and welcome to this unique episode of The Writer's Voice here on The Mesh. I am joined today by Garrick Lane. He is going to give us some insight to his writing career, both the ups and the downs. Garrick is a North Carolina native and is well-versed in writing for film and television. Welcome, Garrick. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, as you know, we are typically connected on this show to Lenore Ryan University here in Western North Carolina and the writer department. They are, um, we've got some great talent coming out of that school and here out of the Catawba County and North Carolina area. But today we wanted to bring in what I have heard on some other podcasts and other, you know, an expert on experts type thing, right? Ooh. So this is, I mean, no pressure, no, pressure. <laughs> no experts either but, and more downs than ups. But. Well, this is a chance I think for even the uh, students that have been on our show and been spotlighted as well as some of the alumni and local writers to actually hear from someone who's been in the business a little bit longer and had some experience, as you said, ups and downs. And let this be a resource for them. But really, I just want to dive in because you've got a lot of stuff that's happened over your life. And I think people don't maybe realize that we have this type of person here in Hickory, North Carolina. So just a quick, quick background. You're a North Carolina native. Correct. Grew up here, but you went away. As most of us do. Yes. We go away and then we... We find our way back. We find our way back. That's right. So give me a quick overview of of where you went and why you came back. Uh, Well, I I went to California out of uh, high school, and I was there for 10 years. Uh, Went to UCLA and, you know, did did lots of internships at studios. You know, you go in for six weeks for free, and you'd do all this work and you just you'd, you'd have this dream that they were going to keep you on and uh after your six weeks was up they'd take you out back and put a slug in you and bring in the next uh six weeks and uh you know it, it got it, it's pretty tough out there it, it i i was there pre 911 mm-hmm. um there was a lot more accessibility um but there was a lot of people out there wanting to do things. Um, uh, believe it or not, I was turned down. Now, hindsight 2020, uh, it's great. But I was turned down uh, a record 22 times from Harvey Weinstein's production company. Hey. Applying yeah. for that job. That You know, <laughs> you know there's little blessings hey, out there, right? There's a silver lining. <laughs> but see, you know, when I was there, yeah. that was, you know, those are the frustrating things. But um you know, I did have some success. I worked on some movies, and um, I had a couple of screenplays at, uh, at different uh, agent on different agents' desk and, and production companies. We got, I got really close. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to have kids uh, in Los Angeles. It mm-hmm. was especially uh, I left right after nine eleven. Um, mm-hmm. It was a mess. You know, America was a mess. Um, 
And I came back and said, you know, all right, I'm about ready for kids. I'm ready to settle down. Like, maybe I'd do something else. So I showed up here, and Dad's like, well, uh, you know, quarantine's done. You know, everything had, this is, uh, everything had just dropped after 9-11. And so I was like, well, I guess maybe, maybe I can do what I did in Los Angeles in North Carolina and make a living somehow doing it. And so that's that's where I am now. Here I am. So I know you on a level of maybe the technical and production side of things. Um, but talk to me about your writing. You know, how long have you been writing? How long have you, any kind of writing, was this something you did when you were younger? Did you always have a passion for writing? Or did it come about more with the film and television side? It, it's funny. It's, it's all, it was, one, it was actually one moment. Um, everything started in one moment. It, we left the crowd. My dad and I left the Crown Cinema oh, after crown. watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And dad's like, be an archaeologist? <laughs> be Indiana Jones? And no, I want to make movies. Like, I want to do that. And it started, uh, the poor guy was submitted to... Um, Back then, we had those choose-your-own-adventure books. I don't know if you remember those. Those were Absolutely. great. You go to page, like, 30, yep. and then, you you know, if you jumped over the bridge, you would die. If you So <laughs> I started writing Indiana Jones' choose-your-own-adventures and would force my dad to read them. You know, hey, read this. Does this work? Does this work? And then, then I remember sixth grade. I don't know why I did it. I, and the only reason I even remember this is I found it in a, in a thing. But I had I found it in a box in the attic at my parents' house. Different colors. I had used neon colors, but I had written an episodic every week of my friends in sixth grade and were skiing. So, and it was, you know, full of drama and boyfriends and girlfriends. It was like a Melrose place, yeah. but it was at Beach Mountain and it was Grandview Middle School, sixth grade. And I don't know why, but I started reading through those and I was like, God, did I really waste time doing this? But I had written 23 three page on notebook paper uh, episodes of, you know, me and my buddy, Brian Lackey going skiing with our girlfriends. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was a start. It's, it's, I mean, that's where, that's where it starts. That's crazy. Uh, Then I, um, uh, then I went to, my parents shipped me off to boarding school. Probably deserved it. Clearly. Clearly deserved that. (laughs) Uh, But they ended up giving me another chance. Let me come back my junior year to Hickory High. Well, I guess in revolt, you know, uh, rage against the machine and all that stuff's coming out and it's, you know, revolution and Generation X. And I, I just decided to revolt. So I start, instead of writing stories, I started creating this underground newspaper uh, with all the drama that went on at Hickory High. And I'd draw on it. And it was, I mean, it was handwritten and I'd pass it out at McDonald's. And it wasn't always good, but there was, you know, Articles, handwritten articles. There was stuff in there. In fact, one, uh, one, art, one, I guess one issue got called. Uh, the principals ended up with it, and I was suspended for ten days for the content of it. Uh huh. Now it's funny because I look back. It was a little rough. Ten days was a little rough, yeah. uh, Doctor yeah. Massey. That uh, <laughs> was a little rough because now you know somebody will, will hold a gun in their hand and send a picture on snap saying they're going to shoot up to school and they'll get 10 days. Right. right. I wrote a newspaper that had so, a little bit of something in it that wasn't good. That they so. didn't like. So you look back at these things now, whether it's your choose your own adventure or your ski adventure books, whatever it may be. 
What do you think of your talent back then? Do you, did you see talent in it? Did you think this is think when I you were doing liked, this? I just, I think I just liked doing it. Yeah. I don't think it was until I got to Los Angeles that I realized, you know, that I, I, this is, I want to do this. Like yeah. it would be great. Uh, however, the unfortunate part was, I think I was doing all this stuff in school. Uh-huh. So instead of, you know, learning my English and learning right. my grammar, I'm just writing. So, yeah. so it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I get to college and I'm starting to write scripts. And I thank goodness I had a very patient roommate that would look through it and goes, dude, you write, you, you write like your country. You like, you write like you talk. You can't do that. Ah. Uh. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that it was, I, I still like to do it. And I don't now, you know, you got kids and you got a business and, yeah, I, I, my my latest script took me seven years to finish. Purely because of the other things you had going on, or because of the maybe a writer's block. Eh, I think it was. Both. <laughs> I, I think it was. To, to be quite honest, I think it was laziness, um, mm. and I don't mean that in a bad way. But I, I started. Let me retort that. Actually, it wasn't <laughs> lazy, but I started writing it, and. Uh, because of children and, uh, you know, business and everything. I mean, I, I started when I got back from Los Angeles, I worked at a furniture company and I was just doing graphic design uh-huh. and I was, but when I would not at that job, I was at home writing and that's all I did. I'm going to write. And I'm, and I actually made two short films in that small year that I was working at that. Cause that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do films. Well, after the second film, I used that film to raise money to start my business. So now I'm shooting corporate video and we're doing music videos and I'm actually doing it. I'm doing corporate stuff. And now suddenly I don't have time to do, you know, I have the drive, but I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. And so I finally was like, well, I'm going to do this and I, I would write it and then life would get in the way, you know, shoots, all sorts of stuff would happen, kids getting born and, um, it just, it, then life, then I guess the story would change as my life would change because the, the story was about a down, down uh, like he's down on his luck and his son prays for him to, uh, to, uh, you know, to turn it around and come get the kids. Like he's down, he loses his house, loses his job and everything. And so when I started writing it, I was fresh out of a marriage and I was kind of where this guy was. So as I'm writing it, my life is changing because I get remarried and, you know, things just. And I think it took maybe two years for the real story to form. And then where I wasn't disciplined enough to sit mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to devote three hours, no matter what, devote three hours to the script. And if I would have done that, sure, it would have been done earlier, but I don't know if it would have been the same. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've passed it out to 10 people and they're like, it's the best thing you've done. Oh, it only took me seven years. <laughs> you know, it should be the best thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It right. should be. It took seven years to do, but it, it is done. And I, I think the times I, I looking back, I'm getting off subject, but I, every time that I did finally sit down to work on it, I loved it. It's like therapy. Like if you like to write, you've got to do it. You got to find time to do it. Yeah. You just have to find time to do it. Well, you actually touched on my next question just a little bit already, but 
you know, there's obviously all forms of writing. You know, there's your journalism that you were doing in high school, right? Yeah. That was maybe not um, everybody's cup of tea. But <laughs> what, what, where do you drive your creativity and inspiration from? Do you, do you feel like real life experiences make the best writing tools, or do you think somebody's imagination does? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay, I think as far as I've always said that real life is impossible to write. Like it just. Sure. It really is. It's impossible. Um, I'm uh, writing a short film right now. We'll just use that as an example. Uh, and I'm going to, it's going to be a complete spoiler because I'm going to have to tell you the end of the movie to tell you how hard it is to write <laughs> it. But it's, it's basically, a, you, you, we meet this guy at the first, the first scene, you meet this guy and he's working at a plant and he walks home from the plant um, and you, 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 you get very quickly, he goes into this rundown uh, house and you get very quickly that something's gone down with this kid, this guy. Like he, he just, he's very quiet. He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a phone and he doesn't drive. And so as this 20 minute film goes on, you, you kind of grasp little things. He has some flashbacks. Well, come to find out, uh, and you don't learn until like the last five minutes before he accepts the fact that he's finally basically he he's on his way to you find out that on the way to a father-daughter dance he's taking a selfie of his daughter and him in the, in the car on the way and he goes through a stoplight and oh. kill and the daughter is killed and that's and you know his marriage is gone and everything's everything's changed for him in that split moment that is so hard to write like because <laughs> It's real. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Avengers where you can, right? You know, Hulk Hulk falls into a big skyscraper. Nobody dies, and nobody right. questions it because it doesn't matter. Right? Deep impact. The meteor hits the uh, yeah. The meteor hits the tower, and you have to explain all these people that died. Like it's completely different. So fantasy. It's, so there's whereas fantasy, you gotta you gotta know you gotta know the history and the lore and the mythology of like Joseph Campbell and stuff sure. like that. But you can bend the rules, whereas real life you can't. You can't bend the rules. It has to be real. Selfies, running stoplights, yeah, like losing so, children. That right. that cuts to the core. That's the deal. Yeah, absolutely, and then how, you know, so, and then being able to, you can't. He he has to not be. He has to. He doesn't. He doesn't use a phone, and he won't use a car. So that therefore, he's got a job close to his house, and he walks there back and forth, and he rejects everything. He rejects everybody. How do you, how do you write when the girl comes into his life that kind of gets him over the hump? Like, how do you? You have to physically take that journey with that guy, mm-hmm. whereas Captain America can just show up on a some crazy skyscraper yeah. uh, or some big, you know, and everybody's uh, saved and it's yeah, done. Like, yeah, yeah, that's great. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, so it's, it's completely different. It's, it's hard. Writing real life is completely impossible. Do you ever have the urge to not write real life stuff? Seems like all the oh, things yeah. you've told me about that you write are, yes, you know, actually. you went on ski trips to beach mountain, which we all experience. <laughs> you yeah. wrote about your high school stuff. And now, you know, you've written about this, you know, a tragedy with a real life stuff, but what about the fantasy stuff? Do you like that? Uh, amazingly enough, um, my closest, uh, my two closest, um, I guess door openers uh, of scripts were fantasy. My first one was 
it's like a very it's like a very pumped up water world. I know water world mm-hmm. tanks. It's probably not a good example, but it was a it was but, a world. But in the was, real scheme of things, did water world tank? Or, you know, when we're talking about scripts not being even past the desk, right? You know, you would have taken Waterworld, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's just this fantasy world of jungles and lots of oceans. It's kind of like a pirate thing, but uh, there's some magic and uh, it was it was great. Like it was we it was four of us working on it and it was good. It was solid. And it actually got through and went to like four or five desks and and got a rewrite and went back to the desk. Now. This was, mind you, 1999. Lord of the Rings, there wasn't anything going on. Um, Willow had tanked, and there was not anything going on. So my final, the final rejection on that script was, it's good. We just don't have a market for it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. They're not doing fa- big fantasy movies right now. Titanic had just come out. They're not doing, you know, they're just not doing that. And then, of course, Lord of the Rings comes yeah. and then Game of Thrones and you look back and you go, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. so close. So, which is funny because all four of those guys that helped me do that uh, about two years ago messaged me and said, we need to break that script up and try to sell it to like we need to rework mm-hmm. re- it and try to sell it to Hulu or Netflix or somewhere because, you know, am, um right now Prime is working on their Lord of the Rings episodes or their their whole like. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's a good time to to work on that again. Uh, and then the other one, the one that got in at Hulu, where we did three rewrites before they rejected me. It was a script about a guy, a really terrible human being who dies and goes to goes to hell, and de- the devil says, "I don't want you. You're gonna get one more chance." And so he goes back into Parker, goes back into the waiting. They send, they send him up to heaven and heaven's like, we don't want you either. You're awful. You're awful human being. You're going to get one more chance. We're going to let you go back because we just, we don't want you. We don't want you this way. You need to get it fixed. And it's comedy, but it was sure it was loads of fantasy because, you know, he's there's just, (laughs) so maybe that's, maybe that's the way in. If anybody wants to write a script, you know, know your market and that's, that's the way to do it. Well, so so spinning off that a little bit, think about speaking to maybe the um, the other writers that have been on these episodes of the Writer's Voice. What do you tell them on how to get this started? Because clearly, it doesn't matter your uh, genre that you're writing for, or really um, the topic. You know, the matter is you're going to find somewhere that you need to be. Where? What do you suggest? Like, what's what's just the starting point? The starting point is is the same story arc. Every 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 story has a act one, act two, and act three. It has a story arc. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Now, how you spin that same arc in an original way is the only way that you can do it. And 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 if it's it's amazing because I hear so much that Netflix, you know, uh, net, this, all this. All this programming, this online programming is so much better than TV. Well, they don't, number one, they don't have any rules. And two, they were the ones that went and grabbed all that stuff that was real unique that maybe would have been too risky to shoot in, you know, uh, in film on 35 millimeter and said, well, let's just try this. And it's all, and if you notice, it's all original. It's the same story, but it's all completely original. And uh, I think that's, 
I think it used to be, well, when I was 20, and now I'm halfway to the grave. So I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to check. I'm really starting to check the time. Like, okay, what do I need? What is, what is going? But as much as you like writing, if you really want to be successful or if you want to sell something or you, you really want to make a film or you really want to get published, do the research first and find out what people are reading and go. I, I know, I know it stinks cause you're supposed to just write what you love. But if people are, if people are wanting horror films with a guy running around with a hockey mask on, that's what, that's what studios and readers digest and all these people are buying. Then find you find, find that kind of story and work it your way and and do it that way. Get in you like everything needs marketing now. So you can't just you can't just write some film about a hot air balloon in a house with two old people and expect it to to do any good. Mm-hmm. You 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 got to you got to you got to know that the studio wants something like that and then you write it that way. If yeah. that makes any sense. That was a It does. No, it does. It's um you know, I, I actually, this is side note, I saw something the other day, actually, uh, Gina Davis yes, uh, has this um, new, well, she has a research group that she works with in her film company that works with Google to, Google has developed an app for them that they are able to record everything within a film or television show to find out how much time women are represented because that's what Gina Davis's platform is, right? Is, is women in the industry. Absolutely. And so they can monitor how many lines a woman has, how many minutes she gets to speak versus how many the men do plus take their salary ratio and blah, blah, blah. And it's this whole algorithm of stuff, right? But it's crazy. It is. And it's just by, you know, they push this app to the film and they watch it one time and the the numbers are everywhere right data is all but she was explaining how um 2012 they saw from 2011 to 2012 they saw this huge spike in uh women sporting stuff and everybody was like what is going on like why are you know and they're tying it all back and stuff and they find out okay brave came out then and so did Hunger Games. Yep. What what sport do both those, a cartoon and, well, I mean, a, you know, cartoon, and Hunger Games, you know, which appeals to many ages, right? Right. Bow and arrow classes and archery becomes a huge thing, and it's yep. women empowerment, right? So it's, she said after that, you know, all these archery groups are forming and clubs are coming yep. up and everything. And that's the same thing it's you're talking about, thing. right? Look at what's happening there. And and if you can write to that, then you're probably going to be in a much better spot. Not saying you have to, but probably doesn't hurt you. Right? You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, to to go back to my um, my script, the faith, the fateful season. Not you know when I started years ago, um, I had all I'd always said you know, um, and this faith based films were not really doing anything back then, you know, uh, they're easier to make, which is why I started writing it that way. You know, it's like, well, it's easier to make than a horror movie. You can't slasher movies. Nobody's going to give you money. I was about to say because of budget. Yeah. Budget and people just, they're not going to, they're not going to give you money for that. Faith-based films that can be sold to Walmart, Mm -hmm. you know, sold on DVD straight to Walmart are much easier 
to find funding for. Mm-hmm. Well, what's great is, is uh, throughout that, again, as that journey took seven years, it's almost perfect because uh, even just seven years ago, I said, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to have an interracial. It's going to be the first faith-based film with an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead's going to be white. His ex-wife's going to be white, but he's going to find this beautiful African-American woman uh, that sings at the church that's going to turn him around. And it's funny because a lot of people were like, Garrick, man, you're in the South. Mm-hmm. You're going to be selling to, you know, churches and people mm-hmm. like this. Do you think that that's a good idea? And I said, well, I think it's a great idea because it's it's change. Mm-hmm. It's it's the new, it's, this is, that's another new market. <laughs> like that's, right. I'm going to be honest, like that's dollars, like it's huge dollars now. Right. So you do that, you know, you add that and you add good gospel music and you add baseball. I mean, it's a moneymaker. Oh, sounds amazing. You know what right? I mean? Yeah. Right. So, the, so you got to know that that's, that's what you're selling. It's, it's not just a story anymore. You got to sell the social media. You got to market it. So, you know, you got to, what's going on, like you say, to people right now, apparently people are writing, um, um, me too, uh, the me too movement, uh, gotcha, a lot yeah. of revenge movies w- with women who've mm-hmm. been, you know, uh, something that's happened with them. Th- that's what's getting picked up. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not, even if the films aren't getting made, that's what people are buying mm-hmm. or optioning these scripts that are about, yep. you know, yep. horrible, horrible men who got away you know, for 20 years, speaking sure. of Harvey Weinstein, right. who got right. away with, you know, right. the old way of life. So that's like, say, sometimes it's it, it, if you like to write forecast what people are buying or yeah. it, that's if you like to write just because you like to write, do whatever. But yeah. if you want to if you want to find a way in, like if you really want to sell that script or you you want to win that contest. Find what they're get, uh, find what they're liking, who's reading it, and what they like, and what they're taking, and and cater your story to that. Because I would imagine, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a writer. Um, but if you are wanting to just get that that script picked up, if you're wanting that poem to be published, if you're wanting this, and you maybe adjust your style a little bit to cater to whatever is going on at that point. The thought process to me would be get yourself in the door somewhere. Yeah. And then as soon as people start liking your stuff, you get to write whatever you want. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Is that kind of your thought process down the road? If I can get, you know, the faithful season, I I don't, I don't, I've always directed my own movies. Of course I've only done four, so Mm -hmm. I don't know any better. Um, But with this one, I was like, look, I don't even mind if, somebody takes it and they read it and they go, we want to do it, but we're going to have this guy over here direct it. And Hey, you can be on set and you can watch Mm -hmm. and you can help produce and do all this stuff. I'm going to be like, fine. Because once we do it, if if it's successful, I can give them that slasher movie. So I've got this other slasher movie that I've had, I've been holding on to for 20 years. I'd like to do, can I do this now? And suddenly that door is open. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry Cohn, he's a, he's a, from the 70s and 80s, he used to make B-movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a ton of money making crap Roger Corman kind of movies. But he had some – He but everybody liked his writing. And he had he, – he would pump out a script every, like, two years. So he had this big, this big shelf of, of scripts. And he just stopped working. 
So he just decided I had done 20, 45 movies or whatever. It's like, all right, I'm going to just chill. So for 20 years, he didn't do anything. But every now and then when he needed money, he'd call his agent and pull one script out of that desk and say, I need you to sell this. I'm running out of money. Uh, well, <laughs> and, uh, and that would, and they would sell it, you know, he'd make a hundred grand or whatever it was. And then he would, he would enjoy that. He would just sit. And then when it was time to get more money, he'd, but once you're in the door, yeah, you can sell anything you, can you want. You can do that, right? Aaron, yeah. Aaron Sorkin could write, uh, I don't know if anybody knows Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. I did his master class. Like he's, he's my, David Mamet and him are like my favorite writers, but he, um, he could probably write a, a feature length film about grass growing and somebody would option the script. Because <laughs> of the name attached to yeah. it too, right? Yeah. There's yeah. going to be some time lapses of grass growing. It's going to be great. There's going to be a caterpillar come along. It's pretty good. It's only a hundred. It's only 90 pages. It's good. Somebody's going to cut him a check for that. Yeah. Because of who he is. Well, so let's say that the people listening out there are, are ready to go. They're ready to do something. They're ready to take the next step. Again, whether it's publishing and a book, whether it's getting a film made, whether it's a script, whatever. How do you prepare for rejection and how do you come back from it? Oh, you don't take it personal. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, when you, when you, when you put that script, that manuscript in your hand and you go, this is great. The chances are it's not, uh, I have given, um, the last three things, I would say the last three things that I've been trying to do try, uh, with the, the Hulu pitch and, and the last two scripts I've written, I'm giving it to 20 people and I'm letting them and I'm like, rip it apart or don't rip it apart. But I be prepared. You just have to have thick skin mm-hmm. and you just have to know that that's just the only way it's going to get better is to get rejected. You don't you're you, the only way you the only way you get better is by failing. Like, okay, well, you're rejecting this. You know, with Hulu, my my little uh, death, you know, my Meet Joe Black kind of uh, teen angst uh, pilot, finally, he finally said, it's not edgy enough. Like, it needs to be more edgy. We need more sex and more cussing and more comedy. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do comedy. So I guess we're just <laughs> done here. You know what I mean? And it was a bummer, but it's like... It's, sex and cussing, I got. Yeah, hey, comedy, this is, no. Yeah, this is, yeah, I could do all that stuff. But it, it, you, it's it's just like anything else. The more you lose, the more you learn. Yeah. And the I, all I can say is you'll get rejected. But, you, but if you get rejected... You are 92% better than all the other people that never finished. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line. I, I'm, in the, I'm in the film business, and I, everybody I talk to, i having a drink or whatever, and they're like, oh, dude, you make movies? Hey, I got this movie idea. Oh, yeah? You got it written down? Well, no, it's here. Uh, okay. Well, you got, you got some scenes? You got some index cards with some of the scenes on it? You got any? Have you started? Yeah, you got a pitch letter, something. Nah, man, but hey, we should get together, man. You could help me get it now. No, I'm good. <laughs> you got to finish it. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to sit down and find time and finish it. If you got 56 pages of a script and you think it's horrible, finish it anyway mm-hmm. because it's really the only way you'll ever get a chance to get rejected is to be able to physically take that script and go, "Harvey, 
you're looking for a comeback. Hey, I've got this great script here, and it doesn't involve anything bad. It's good. <laughs> it can redeem you. Here. See? It's here. Wow. Pages. It really must be good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It must be real yes, good at it's that point. Really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. So how do you prepare to pitch? What are some, what are some tips you could give about pitching yourself and or your project? You need to be able to explain this movie. You need to wow everybody with two sentences. And that's it. And then sometimes they'll ask you for, give me two movies. So, okay, well, The Faithful Season is The Apostle meets um, For the Love of Money. No, I'm sorry, For the Love of the Game with Kevin Costner meets The Apostle with Robert Duvall. How about that? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just, yeah. you get, and they'll, they'll hit you. Like, so, so you need to have the research and you really need to be, and it really, that's funny because the pitch and the, the query letter that would come after that, the pitch is the originality. And if that pitch, if you can't, I guess, what, what am I trying to say? If you can't explain your movie in two to three sentences, then you need to go back to the drawing board mm. and rework it. Because it should come very easy to you. Three three sentences uh, to be able to explain your story and to wow somebody and go, ooh, that sounds pretty good. That's that's what Hulu and Netflix. If you can get in the door and get um, through the first door, well, where, where they'll actually listen to what you have to say, you'll send them an email and it'll be three sentences with an attached query letter. Letter from there, they'll say, we like this. Do you have a written script? I would have a written script. I wouldn't say, well, I can write it now because they're going to throw it. That's going to be like, uh-huh. so have the written. Hey, we like this, the written script. Then that, that'll, go to the, that'll go to Netflix, Hulu. The readers will read it. Then they'll go back to the guys and say, well, we kind of like this, but we don't like this part. So then they'll come back to you and say, well, we like this, but we, know, we want you to take out the, you know, we want you to take out the baseball. We don't like the baseball part. But make it football. Okay, so then yeah. you, you'll do a couple of rewrites, but you're in. And then they might turn you down, and you've spent six months on a script, and you haven't made any dollars. However, if you can get to that point, they'll listen again, because you're already through that door. Then you can send and go, hey, Brad, Brent, I've got this different, I got this new one. You want to check it out? Yeah. And you're always in that list. And sooner or later, knock on wood, they'll be like, we really like this. So now what they'll do is they'll give you a letter of intent saying, hey, we'll, we'll pay for Seven episodes of this, if you can get it made, and then you take that letter of intent to people that got have money, and you go, <laughs> you want to make some money? We're going to make this. Yeah. I mean, it's a true shark tank. Yeah, yeah. it's really, it really, it really is, is a shark tank at that it point, It really right? is, and that letter is all you have. Mm-hmm. And if you can't sell, if you can't find backers or, you know, hedge fund uh, guys and people that give you money with that piece of paper, then you're in trouble, but I mean that's pretty much how it works. And, somet- yeah. and sometimes they sometimes they'll shoot they'll they'll give you the money to shoot the pilot, and then they'll if you like if they like the pilot they'll just go ahead and order it. Yeah. It, it. There's all sorts of different ways, but the way in is to be able to wow them with three sentences. So that means that, that script better be good, and you better be able to, <laughs> it better be good, and you better be able to wow them with those three two three sentences. 
And if you can do that, you can get the door. And then you can just keep churning it until somebody goes, fine, fine. Oh, my gosh. I'm like one. <laughs> fine. Quit calling me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's what I should be doing. I, I, people get mad at me because they're like, you're in the door. And I'm like, yeah, but I have five kids. There's a. I'm trying to make my film and I'm trying yeah. to keep the lights on and I know it's no excuse, but I'm not 21 anymore. I can't, I don't, I can't move in with my parents and sit in front of the typewriter and just go. Yeah. You know, I, I sent when I, the first meeting I had with Hulu, I sent them a spreadsheet, a spreadsheet of ideas. There was 23 pitches on this thing. Oh. I still have it. They, I, I haven't seen any of them come out, but that's if they were finally like, oh my gosh, we like this one. I'm like, sweet, you like this one. 23. I had 23 different pitches on this thing. This was right when Hulu was coming out. This yeah. was right. Now it's different, of course, but right when they were coming out, they're like, content, oh, content, moving. content. Yeah. Give it to me, give mm-hmm. it to me. Yep, I had 23, and they were like, well, we like this one. I'm like, wow, you don't like this one and this one? Like, these are already written. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. But let me talk to you about this one. Yeah, God, I, 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 why did, the comedy? Why did you get the comedy? Look one? at number oh. sixteen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like this one? Oh, that one would be easy to write. Okay, never mind. But that's it. It's yeah. it's get. But it it comes down to you can't get rejected unless you do it. Yeah. So what's next for you? To get rejected <laughs> over and over and over again. Check. Uh, check no. Check. Uh, well, it. I have. Um, I sent my film through the focus group and we finally, finally came down. We're fighting with the ending again, a marketing situation where we don't know if he needs to win. Um, if the, the audience wants him to win or if they want him to lose because it doesn't matter. Hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things where we're going to rewrite the, I'm going to rewrite the ending and I'm going to, I'm going to start, um, going door to door, literally. Yeah. rejecting to uh, faith-based uh, film productions and say, Hey, I got, I had this movie. You need to look at this movie. You need to look at this movie and build some, you know, social media marketing. Yeah. Uh, and then while that's happening, I'm going to, um, I'm going to finish my little short film and shoot it around here just to case. Cause I, I haven't shot one in a while. So I need to, I, th- I think coincide while we're looking for money for this, or we're trying to get this mm-hmm. one, produced me getting back in the saddle and doing something like that to be able to compliment it and say, see, I can, you know, here's this, this is dramatic as, as it can be. And it's got a good, it's got a huge theme. I mean, dad, you know, he's taking a selfie. Yeah, <laughs> he's taking right, a selfie. Right. He kills his only, only daughter and his life is over. Yeah. You know, how do you get back in the saddle with that? So we're going to, I'm going to, I'm working on that and going to try to sell this thing and see what happens. Well, working on some other stuff too. See, I knew that was going to be coming up. I figure, you know, you, you, every time I talk to you, I feel like you're on the go doing something different, going from here. It's all different stuff, but within the same industry, you know, I mean, you're still, it's still that video multimedia, if you will, even, uh, you have your own podcast. Yeah, well, tell yeah. us about that. You talked about uh, B movies a little earlier. That's really what your podcast is about, right? Yeah, well, we do movies. Uh, it's it's more Lee Lee uh, the guy I do it with. It, it's more his podcast because he's like the he's the historian. But it's basically a podcast about the films that nobody's ever heard of, but you must see. It's Lots like the them. good stuff. Uh, yeah, the people don't. You know, when you go on Netflix, 
you'll scrub by that uh, brawl on cell block 99 with Vince Vaughn on it. And you'll, you know, you'll pass by a phone booth and these little movies, you just skip those to go watch Avengers for the sixth time so my my podcast is about hey you guys should go back you should try that movie it's pretty good that's really all it is and it you know it keeps us uh, it keeps me inspired um and it's called uh it's called uh tales from the video store and where can people find it uh at videostoretales.com excellent so uh moving forward any last bits of advice for those budding writers, uh, struggling writers, or just anyone that thinks they maybe have a talent and maybe have never told anybody? Uh, read. Read lots of stuff. If you like, um, there's, a book I, there's a book I live by. I actually have it here because I needed to, I wanted to at some point in time make sure that I said it. But there's a book out there, Joseph Campbell. It's as old, it's old as Methuselah, but it's uh, – <laughs> Joseph Campbell, and it's the the hero with a thousand voices, and it's the mythology of the character arc, and it's it 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 explains when you know when you sit down to have a story, there's there's a main character, and this explains in a really great way in a mythology how that arc, how the character should arc, and how how you go from broke, you know, not seeing your kids to almost pitching the perfect game and, and, you know, and the, and the championship of minor league baseball. So it, it, it's, you need to read and I, you know, it's, this is going to sound funny, but I spark a lot of creativity doing stuff outside the box. I've started playing D and D more. I used to play D and D, but it's great because it comes with good. St- well, you, explain that. Cause I don't understand that. What? No. You don't understand dungeons and dragons. Not a bit. Okay. So basically, um, Dungeons and Dragons, it's all fantasy, but you come in and you're a character and there's a game and there's a DM there and he has a map and you, you can play an elf or you can play a warlord, a warlock and you can play different characters and you kind of, you know, you kind of act, it's kind of improv and you have to create this world and the DM will explain, you know, you're going through this hallway and this monster comes out. You just, I, I can't explain it. Hey, my wife thinks it's the dumbest thing ever, but it's cha- like, it really has. Um, about two years ago, I was really getting, it wasn't, I was just getting dry and I'm like, my life is passing before me and I'm not writing and I'm not being creative. I'm, I'm shooting another Walmart commercial. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, am I really shooting another arm leg on a, in a furniture plant again? Right. Like, wow, cool. Uh, and I decided to one, – one, a buddy of mine was playing. And he's like, you should come play. And I'm like, oh, man, I haven't played that since college. And I played and I was hooked. But it also spawned – it brought me back in. like to Ah, uh, oh, create – you know, like it brought the creative juices back. And it really did. And it's huh. helped it ever since. Like it really does. However, now it's – you know, you devote two or three hours a week – to Dungeons and Dragons instead of writing. So, yeah. you know, and then you got podcasts at another hour. And I'm like, dude, if I took all that stuff away, yeah. you know, I could write more. So there you go. You just have to pick your battles, I guess. What the little secret tips you're giving us, you know? Secret go play, tips. Go play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm telling you, I, you, you, I, you should just come one time and, and just try it. My wife, she, she's, there's some people that are right brained and left brain and they don't mm-hmm. get it. But um, this, we're, we're playing on Sundays and Three people, four people of the seven 
had never played before. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm the DM, so I'm like the storyteller. Imagine that. <clears throat> and uh, they left <laughs> after the first session. They left and they started texting all their friends, and they're like, "This is the coolest thing ever." So you either get it or you don't. That's yeah. crazy. But it, it is. It's just the way, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. Everybody draws their inspiration from something. Yes, but I guess get, getting back to them, uh, I would just the, the I guess the most important thing I would say is to finish. Yeah, get it done. And if you're if you have to force your dad to read it over and over, make your roommate read it. You know, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Spend time on it. Don't don't rush through it. I had a buddy who who would write scripts and you know he would give me a new script and it was three weeks he said i wrote this in three weeks and i'm like well i bet it's gonna it's bet it's gonna read like you wrote it in three weeks so like take your time you know devote a certain amount of time a week to doing it really um you know write 20 pages and get a good friend to read it and go well i you know did that grab you is that good you know just do it but but the main main thing is you can have that script you have that story in your head for 20 years mm-hmm you can't do anything with it when it's in your head. Not yeah, anymore. You gotta right. have you gotta have it in front of somebody. So finish. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. And Thank coming you. by and sharing some insight, especially for the audience that this show has generally appealed to. You know, people that enjoy good writing and enjoy writing themselves. Um, some people that do it for themselves, some people that are looking to go further with it. Um, and, and obviously, as you told me before this episode, you said, I've, I'm good at getting rejected and I understand how this works. Yeah. Then they're done that. I'm happy to share it with everybody, you know, and, and it's not to be doom and gloom about it, but it's a, it's a part of the process. Absolutely. And so I really appreciate you sharing no that problem. and being very candid about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. If yeah. you finished it, you can get rejected <laughs> and then you just and have to. And you too could be like Garrick Lane. Yeah. Yes. Right. And hey, if you got in the door. If they let yes. you through the, the the interface of the computer and got and you got in the door to get rejected, you're doing better than more than half the other writers out there that aren't doing anything. So, Small victories, yeah, right? Absolutely. Gotta take it in stride. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate you uh, joining us here on the Writer's Voice Thank today. Thank you. And to everyone out there listening, thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you next time only on The Mesh. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.